We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack a Day Podcast. I am Jason Perone. It is the day after Christmas. I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday and got some great time with family and friends and their loved ones and are now back in action and ready to refocus on some Packers football as we move towards week 17. If you didn't check out our Christmas episode on Pack a Day, you got to go back and listen to it. There was some awesome talents and creativity by the team very impressed with everybody and i have to say when i sent my snippet in mine was a little kind of stiff it was just a recap of some christmas memories from the packers past but compared to some of the things that we turned in as a team i have to say i think i might have to step up my game a little bit so just want to give a shout out to the team here at the pack a day podcast fantastic job done there so it's the day after christmas thursday and there's no, there was no practice yesterday, uh, Christmas Day. The team was given the day off after their huge win Monday night against the Minnesota Vikings. Clinched the division. Head coach Matt LaFleur gave them the holiday off. And there was a lot of really good things to take away from that game. So as we kind of you know get back into the swing of things and look ahead here, I just want to talk about some of the stories coming out of that game. First of all, starting on the offensive side of the ball, you know, the one thing that the team did was they started out slowly Gave the ball away three times in the first half. On the road, U.S. Bank Stadium, where the Packers have never won yet. Not obviously the way that you want to start out that game. But 
the offense came together, did enough to put some points on the board in the second half. And we'll get to the defense. The defense obviously saved the day. They were consistent, steady rock all night long. But sticking with the offense, we know they made the mistakes, but the one thing that they didn't do was really allow the game to get wrecked up front. The Vikings did have a couple sacks, but offensively, and especially speaking about the offensive line, they were kind of the unsung heroes from Monday night's game. You know, There's been a lot of talk this year about David Bakhtiari dropping off a little bit. His pro football focus grade is a 75.9. Brian Bulaga actually has a better pro football focus grade this season at 77. He's having a phenomenal season. Bulaga. So between the two tackles, there's six sacks that have been charged to them total this season, which really is not a bad season's work heading into the final game. So for as much talk as there's been about Bakhtiari kind of falling off and not having his best season and maybe playing with some injuries, he certainly looks like a player who's still very effective there at the bookend, the left tackle position. And I think the rest of the league agreed as he got the nod as a pro bowler. And I know the pro bowl tends to be one of those things players tend to to see those accolades come through about a season later there's a little bit of a lag there and the pro bowl isn't that impressive anymore as a game itself but the honor of being selected is still very much there and so i want to acknowledge those two guys who have played in each game you know brian balagas had a couple of injuries and they've had to put Alex Light out there and move some things around at times, but he has suited up and showed up week after week and been very effective, and the overall health of this Packers team is just something to behold. It's not something we've seen in any recent seasons past, so you know, definitely something to be very proud of and happy about if you're a fan, and obviously you're the Packers too. Health is, tends to be one of the keys to teams that go far in the playoffs, make the playoffs, and do special things. So I want to start with the, with the offensive line, who played really, really well. I mean, both lines up front for the Packers really dominated the line of scrimmage, and anytime that happened, it's one of the oldest adages in football. Teams are going to win a lot of games if they're able to do that. So that was awesome. That was awesome to see. So really appreciated the efforts there from those guys up front. You know, it was a lot of fun to watch them. Obviously, the star of the show offensively was running back Aaron Jones, just continuing to crush hearts around the NFC. Seems to be saving his best games for the biggest games this season. He went off against the Dallas Cowboys. You know, he had a couple big plays against the Kansas City Chiefs. Shows up big against the Minnesota Vikings. Those were, all three of those were road games. You know, you, you throw in a couple of big games that he's had at home, and Aaron Jones is absolutely having a phenomenal season on the ground for the Packers. And him being integrated into the passing game is also something that's been a big, big boon for the offense. You know, Vikings linebacker Anthony Barr reportedly said the lights are too bright, get off the field to Aaron Jones. And all Aaron Jones did was make Anthony Barr look foolish once again. You know, Anthony Barr doesn't need a lot of help looking like a fool, but he apparently wanted one more opportunity to do so, and Aaron Jones was happy to oblige. You know, I think when he hit the corner and took off for his 50-plus yard touchdown run, he certainly probably wanted to wave goodbye as he was headed towards the end zone, but he probably also appreciates keeping some of that cash in his wallet doesn't need to be donating that to charity so uh, that did not happen but uh, Aaron Jones just an absolutely fantastic performance and 
Jones actually did heed Anthony Barr's words. He did leave the field, but that was after the game was over, and he left the field a division champion running back. So I just want to throw that in there. You know, Aaron Jones, absolutely fantastic on offense, and, and thank goodness for it because the passing game really did not do a whole heck of a lot all night long. Uh, one other note on the running back side of things is Jamal Williams. We'll have to keep an eye on him this week. He left that game with a shoulder injury, and so we'll have to keep an eye on the status of Jamal Williams in a shorter week he- heading into this Week 17 game against the Lions. That'll be something to monitor. Uh, the other thing I love to see was they finally added a wrinkle to the offense by integrating Tyler Irvin into the game plan. We see what he can do on punt returns and getting some yardage in slippery situations and, and being able to pick up yards where nobody else is been able to all season long you know finally the Packers are using their weapons and they're giving the opposing defense something to think about and that's going to come in really handy in playoff time when you've got a short passing game running backs being used you know it's funny the Monday Night Football crew referred to the Packers as a really good screen team which they really have not been known for but with a guy like Irvin added to the mix, who knows? The Packers could add that wrinkle to their offense. If they get one more thing going, that's only going to help them continue to to boost that production on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, talking about the passing game, Aaron Rodgers obviously didn't have his best game. No intercept. No, actually, through one interception, no touchdowns. Didn't have a ton of yards. Did enough to win. The running game did the rest of the work. The defense really showed up big. So Aaron Rodgers did not need to have his best game on earth but he still threw it a lot and his completion percentage was not the best it, you know a lot of his numbers were subpar for his career averages but he's just missing some throws and one of those was you know he's a little off target and one of those went for an interception it was the most legitimate interception that I think Aaron Rodgers has thrown maybe over the last two seasons a lot of them kind of fluky bouncing off a of guy's hands into the hands of a defender and that gets credited as the quarterback as interception when really it was on the receiver who could not come up with the football so that throw was just was kind of disappointing it's a throw that Rodgers has made in the past where he's gotten a little bit more lift on the ball he gets it over that linebacker the safety you know, lurking underneath it lands into the hands of the outside big game big play first down keep the chains fortunately the Packers defense stiffened up and didn't let the Vikings or didn't let them score so that was that was a good thing but Rodgers accuracy obviously is is something to keep an eye on over these next few games and especially when they get into the playoffs they're going to be playing the creme de la creme of defenses and those those guys are going to absolutely make him pay every single time he throws a ball off schedule and off target so you know speaking of that the Packers get down near the goal line at the end of the first half with a chance to take a lead knowing the Vikings are going to get the ball to start the second half Aaron Rodgers has Devontae Adams in the end zone throws the ball a little bit behind Adams Adams does get both hands on it can't bring the ball in and the first half ends the Packers settle for now it's a ball that Devontae probably should have caught I, I would say it was a drop but it's also a ball that Aaron Rodgers has put right where it needed in the pass for your catch. And that's a four-point swing there. If Devontae Adams catches that ball, who knows? Now, the route could be on sooner. Might have been an even more lopsided score than it was. Fortunately for the Packers, it turned out not to matter. But it is something that you look when you look at the tendencies and you look at what's happening. And Aaron Rodgers is just, there's times where he's just missing some throws. And there's also times when he's still making some of those amazing vintage throws. And the receivers just aren't aren't doing their role you know so the question about whether or not Aaron Rodgers is declining you know if he is one thing I'll say about him is that he's still smiling a lot and he's having a lot of fun playing football 
You know, if you look at Tom Brady and Drew Brees, it's no surprise that things are changing when these quarterbacks reach their mid-30s. You know, so we just have to kind of ride the wave and hope the offense continues to gel and find some more consistency. I think it helps Rodgers that they've been given more snaps to Alan Lazard, Jay Kumaro. Lazard had kind of a tough drop in that game. Jimmy Graham had a bad fumble after making a big catch. Fortunately, the Packers did not lose that. Could have been a fourth turnover in that game, which really would have not looked good on the stat sheet, but as bad as Minnesota's offense was, I don't know if that would have mattered, but still not a great look on the ball security side of things. And now is obviously not the time that the Packers want to be getting sloppy. We're going to have to protect it. And like I said, they're going to be playing against some really good competition. So, you know, they're going to have to do their job and try to protect the offense from any further struggles. They're already struggling enough as it is at times. You know, the Rodgers declining argument, I think we can table that until after this season. Obviously, the Packers are going to roll with it. And you'd rather have Aaron Rodgers than a lot of other guys in the league right now. There's a very few, very few quarterbacks that you would take over him so you know that we can we can probably put to the side for the for the time being you know looking at the tight end position it was an interesting thing on Monday night against the Vikings Jimmy Graham Mercedes Lewis Robert Tanya all played uh tight end Jay Sternberger rookie Jay Sternberger was a healthy scratch for Monday night's game and as as much as he's gotten in there specific situations he's not catching a lot of balls and so whether that's team or Rogers trust in him or Sternberger just is not ready to take that step forward and, and be a part of the offense yet you know that's it's it's something that's been a, a big expectation of him as a third rounder and that may not be something that manifests itself until next season. it's gonna be interesting to see if he can kind of become somebody who's who finally starts to contribute towards the end of this of this season i mean I, i'm not trying to make these crazy comparisons in 2019 and 2010 but in 2010 the Packers got a big boost offensively from another rookie who had not played all season because of injury and came in and was very effective at the end of the season and, and a big part of the Packers Super Bowl push and that was running back James Stark so you know Ken Sternberger maybe find his way in this offense and start catching some balls if he can it's just one more weapon in the passing and that's one more weapon and spot where they don't really have an impact player I mean, Jimmy Graham can't be that guy anymore. Mercedes Lewis was never meant to be that guy. And Robert Tanya has been hurt a lot of this. It's just not been consistent or a big factor yet. So the tight end position, one to keep an eye on and one to watch for as far as, as that goes. You know, and, and on the offensive side of things, that's that's a pretty good little recap there in, in looking ahead. I mean, I think when you look at the, the Lions and what they're going to trot out there this week, hard to know what kind of effort you're going to see from them you know they've got a good secondary on paper but are they going to play hard in a game that doesn't mean anything for them and their head coach and their general manager have already been assured by ownership that their jobs are secure for next season so of course you want to beat the Packers and you want a big signature win to motivate your franchise you know I think Lions head coach Matt Patricia comes from that Patriots background where everything's competitive and you do everything you can to win and I'd have to imagine that the Lions are not going to want to show poorly against their home crowd in Week 17. But again, they also have a lot to gain by potentially not winning that game when it comes to the draft, which is basically all the Detroit Lions have to look forward to. It's a much different situation in this game and this matchup between those two teams than it was the first time they played when the Lions were actually still fighting for a chance in the NFC North. And they were able they were not able to beat the Packers. The Packers came away with a one point victory on a Monday night football game back in October. So 
Offensively, the Packers week to week, you never know what you're going to get. But if you switch to the other side of the ball, that's where the real heroes and the real story of the night on Monday night was. It was the Packers' defense. Mike Pettin with a great game plan. The defense stiffened up. Every time the Vikings had plus field position, the Packers' defense held in one way, shape, or form. If it weren't for just a fantastic release and route by Stephon Diggs, which he tends to do against the Packers at least once a game when they play each other, the Vikings may not have found the end zone. So Packers defense, if they're peaking right now, they're peaking at a great time. You know, they're plus 11 in the turnover ratio for this season. And if only because they turned it over three times to the Vikings and only got one of their own, so they were minus two on Monday night, did the Vikings actually pass the Packers? Uh, in that in that total ranking there. So the only teams ahead of Green Bay in turnover ratio right now are the Saints, Seahawks, Vikings, and Patriots. And it's no coincidence that all those teams are going to be playoff teams. Three of them are in the NFC. Fortunately, uh, it looks like the Packers may be ahead of all three of those NFC. And then you've got, of course, the New England Patriots and the AFC, who are all in very plus territory in that turnover ratio. So that's something that has been working really well for the Packers. And think about it, you know, Kevin King leading the team in interceptions with five. I don't think anybody really saw that coming. We'll talk a little bit more about Kevin King in a minute. And I just want to point out that as, as the Packers head into this last divisional game, they're 5-0 and in divisional games this season. They've only given up 12, 64 total points to the division opponents so far. 12.8 points per game against division foes. And two of those games have come on the road. That is going to win you a lot of football games, and that is going to win you a lot of divisions. When you keep your opponent to less than two touchdowns per game, I don't care how bad your offense is sputtering or how poorly Aaron Rodgers is playing, the Packers are going to win a lot of games if they only have to put up 13 points a game to beat a division opponent, whether that's at home or on the road. So that'll get a lot of great things done. You know, fantastic number there. Obviously, you know, we talk about defensively, Zadarius Smith, a huge, huge part of this defense. You know, for me, he's my easy vote for team MVP on either side of the ball. Overall, best player on this team, no questions asked. You know, not a pro bowler, which is which is just laughable. It's, it's, it's a joke that Zadarius Smith didn't make the pro bowl. You know, and he shouldn't just be a first-team all-pro. I think it's a safe assumption that he should be an all-pro. But I think he also needs to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. For everything that he's done, the impact that he's made for this for this team, he's a, a sack and a half away from 15. That's just gaudy. That's absolutely gaudy by Z. And he's he's been at every, everything that the Packers have hoped for and more. And I mentioned Kevin King. Uh, earlier in the secondary with this five interceptions you know king has been healthy this finally starting to really flourish and play well this defense after not getting any interceptions in his first season and only getting one last year finishing his first two seasons on injured reserve and everybody of course with the big argument about why did the packers not draft tj watt and they took kevin king instead it was a huge mistake well Think about it in this season, you know, alone, just in a vacuum, just straight numbers right now. So Darius Smith has 13 and a half sacks. Okay, if you add in Preston Smith's numbers too, it's over 20. Kevin King leads the Packers in interception. So you could make the argument right now that the Packers are actually better off with Kevin King and those two pass rushers than if they had T.J. Watts. If they have T.J. Watt, they probably don't have Kevin King, and they also probably don't bring in both of or either of Zadarius Smith or Preston Smith. So I think that 
argument can officially end as far as this show is concerned at least as far as i'm concerned that argument can can go can be put to rest because it's just ludicrous at the point kevin king has been very good and the defense is much better when he's on the field than when he is not. Kenny Clark, finally healthy. He's been wrecking machine week after week. He had a big sack on Monday night on a double halt move, I guess, if you will. I mean, he, he just absolutely willed his way to the quarterback. And that's something that, that if you're going to get sacks and, and those kinds of pressures from Kenny Clark, you're going to win a lot of games as well. I mean, the, the, the front of the, of the Packers defense just absolutely mauled the Vikings offensive line and Minnesota doesn't really have a great offensive to begin with they've, they've had their struggles there but they played well I mean offensively the Vikings were playing well they were in a rhythm uh, you know Kirk Cousins efficiency numbers wise at least better than Aaron Rodgers that they had a lot of good things to build on did Minnesota but Green Bay Packers just absolutely wrecked everything that Minnesota wanted to do their their offense was abysmal they couldn't work they couldn't flourish or get any production in plus territory and those kind of things aren't going to win you whether you're at home or not so as far as the as the secondary goes you know outside of kevin king we're kind of still waiting for that big splash play this and like that big signature pick or fumble or you know i remember earlier this season jair alexander had that big takeaway fumble you know from Noah Fant against the Broncos and I thought he was poised and on his way to having a great season and I think one thing that Jair Alexander doesn't get enough credit for is that his name doesn't get called a ton because he's not being targeted and so he's doing his job in that respect but still waiting for that big splash play from the uh, from the defense and if they're saving it for the postseason then all the better no better time for Darnell Savage to come in and make some kind of a big signature pick or to have Jair Alexander house one in the playoffs you know and, and let the secondary kind of join the party that's been going on in the front because Darius Smith and the pass rush and Rashawn Gary starting to improve. You know, it's, it's all the things are kind of coming together right. You kind of want to knock on wood and you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself before you see it in the playoffs. But if the Packers can can win on Sunday against the Lions, they secure at least the number two seed. They're going to get a week off. They're going to skip wild card weekend. They're going to be playing at home in the divisional round. And you got to like their chances, depending on who's coming to, to play them. You know, there's a lot to still be figured out in the end, but coming, whoever's coming to play them and coming to Lambeau, you know, there's a good chance the Packers take care of business there. And then they're on to the NFC Championship game if they can just win a home game in January. Well, the defense is going to be a huge part of the reason why. And all these guys have to step up and save their best for that time and that time period. Hopefully that's something the Packers can do. I mean, the only thing left at this point, is you know and at this at this juncture you know they may have already practiced I'm recording this on Wednesday night Christmas they may have already practiced on Thursday injuries and in practice so there may be some more clarity given this team right confident they don't have to travel or at least you know they may not have to travel until the NFC Championship game again if they just win this game on Sunday anything is possible this Packers team has absolutely everything in front of them so all the cliches and all the things that, that you hear but it really truly is that and with one week left to play we don't need the ESPN playoff machine anymore we don't need any what-if scenarios the Packers have put themselves in the driver's seat the only thing they need to do is get a win in a game that they absolutely should win there should not be any kind of a letdown there's no excuse for it they've got to take care of business on the road against a Detroit Lions team that again does not have a whole heck of a lot to play for and even if they try to trot out all their best, it's a backup quarterback playing against a team that's just got way too much mojo going on. So the Packers cannot have a huge letdown. I don't looks like they, they should play well in this game and get themselves a big win. And so again, then that secures them at least the new seed. And then we all sit back and watch Sunday Night Football where the Seattle Seahawks will host the San Francisco 49ers. And if Seahawks, you know, the Packers beat the Lions, the Seahawks can get a win at home against the 49ers. 
That would put the Packers in the number one FC, which not something that we were even remotely entertaining in the offseason, preseason, you know, all the preview shows that we did and all the things that we did to try to prognosticate how the Packers would finish. There is absolutely no talk about the Packers being a one seed. I mean, if they finish with nine wins, ten wins, I think we would all have, have called it a success. But at this point, the interesting thing that's happening is with the success that they've had, we've recalibrated those expectations. And now, where nine or, nine or ten wins might have been good enough, now it almost seems like if this team, with everything that's going on right now, doesn't reach the NFC title game, and again, that's a lot to ask for, it's almost going to be a bit of a disappointment in the eyes of some. I know there's plenty out there that will argue with that and say that's not true, but there's a lot to, to want from this Packers team, and they've got the players to do it now. They might not have the top wide receiver core in the world. They might not have a true, what some people want to call a true number two receiver to complement Devontae Adams, and there are certain things that might hold them back in the playoffs, absolutely, but they've got everything in front of them. That's not a whole lot else you can ask for when you look at a situation for a team to be in going into week 17 again, the last week of it. So that's going to pretty much wrap it up for this edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. You know, make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Pack-A-Day podcast, and check out all the great work that all of our contributors are doing. We'll be back at it with some more analysis once the Packers hit the practice field again and have some updates for you heading into this weekend as far as availability, players, injuries, and such. So thank you, everybody. Hope everybody had an absolutely wonderful and Merry Christmas. And everybody just get ready and buckle up the stretch run as the Packers make their way into the playoffs after this weekend's game against the Detroit Lions. Everybody have a good one. And go, Pack, go.
world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.